That ball had a family and Renee was the father. Huh? Come on now. That, yeah. <laughs> Ellie Dela Cruz gets to know that name. You hit that great. Oh, that is so uh, that is just a lovely bit of business. A six foot five switch hitting shortstop. How about that? Just just chew on the vi- if you've not seen Ellie Dela Cruz, you'll see that home run a whole bunch of times. Man, oh man, the next superstar in Major League Baseball. A ball player. A, f- a five oh. tool. It's wild, a eh? baseball, a sport that was seen by some as on the ropes, like just as, as you know, diminishing. And also describing this chap here. Yeah. Kind of a beer gut sport. Like, you know, I, I, you don't need to be, yeah, you go up there, hit the ball. It's it, it, with all the changes that baseball has introduced. So we know what yeah. those are. We don't need to go through them again. And with the guys like Dela Cruz and others who are there already or who, who are on the way. I don't know, the grand old game. I'm not it'll never overtake the NFL. We understand all of that. But there's life still in Major League Baseball. Uh we'll get to all of that. Fascinating story with Messi going to Inter Miami. How that state, that city finds itself now as the epicenter of sports. And 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 now global sports, right? There's no bigger no. story. I mean, it's certainly internationally for soccer. And I'm not too familiar with the, you know, Miami Sunrise, South Florida sports scene and no. how they all rank. But I do know Inter-Miami collecting around, I don't know, like a, a million, some million plus followers in about 10 minutes yes. when the news was released yesterday. Um, this is something, a big thing. I know Lionel Messi maybe isn't the Messi that he used to be and fresh off winning a World Cup and a few other elder uh, ex-teammates might be joining him at Inter-Miami. But, you know, this is one of those things now where people want to go to Cincinnati for a game because Messi might be there. You know, I might be looking at flights to Salt Lake to see Real Salt because Messi might be. Uh, you'll be going to great lengths to just get a bite and, of Messi. And you wouldn't have cared about. Wouldn't have given two you-know-whats, right? right? I mean, and then it's nothing against I'm still catching on TV, but this just gets everyone's attention up. And so much so, and you mentioned the 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 area it's all happening in. I mean, you got a Stanley Cup final tonight, right? Game three, Panthers down two, Cobb. God bless Panthers. You got, you know, Jimmy Buckets and the Heat trying to, trying to still do their thing. But, God bless you know, the and, Heat. Exactly, and, and we're all. Kind of underdog story there, but then and then this just kind of casually falls in the lap yesterday, and here you have one of the best, most recognizable names in world football coming to a club that, you know, was purchased for twenty five million by David Beckham. It's mm-hmm. no value or whatever, but yeah, these things move fast. And I, I told you off the air, MLS coming down the track here in the in the United States. I know, and, and I know that hockey fan up here isn't going to care too much about Messi and Inter Miami and who's that and what's that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that that. That's a big, big uh, stone in the market dropping in that pool, right? And the ripple effect that that'll make. We're not that far removed from the Beckham effect. Remember when he came over? Yeah. With the Galaxy. Yeah. Do you remember what there there was? I mean, we hosted a game here at Commonwealth Stadium. I think there were about 39,000, 40,000 people to see them take on the White Caps. I mean, it was, you know, there were, there were certainly a buzz, but it was kind of on the back end of the first wave of Beckham mania in North America. Um, it's significant. Like Messi coming over. I know it's easy for us to diminish it. And yeah. MLS always feels like a little bit of a pyramid scheme. It seems like every other year they're announcing two more franchises. But it is actually a real living, breathing entity that will replace certainly the NHL. Wherever you've got the grid of the NFL. You may not like it. You may not want to no, agree I, with I, it. But that I, we're just kind of stating what it is. And, and it's funny now, too the MLS and kind of how it's morphed and developed over the years. And you mentioned Beckham. I mean, it was kind of 
the narrative was oh retirement league now you know guys right. washed up you want to make a buck in your show. latter years and and sure there is still some something to that here in the messy deal and Luis Suarez maybe joining him and lots of other guys have come since Beckham and mm-hmm. and you know carved out a bit of a career and a life um but what you see now and you mentioned the expansion you know a lot of teams specifically in England and other parts of Europe look to the MLS for young and upcoming talent now you can have a mix of guys coming for a retirement gig but the MLS is now providing young players on the cheap so now you're getting you're not only getting the attention of these clubs and players of saying oh it's a mickey mouse and you can go there and you know "Ah, this is fun you can five aside and have orange slices at halftime no this is now a turning into a great development league for world soccer and it's kind of like your cfl nfl comparison as well i I think as a CFL, i know the we all know the nfl is big it's a money-making machine and it's it's, the better i mean yeah god i can't even Think, but can't believe rather than I'm giving this voice, it is the better, it is the best football league on the planet. But that doesn't mean that what they do here in the CFL isn't worthy. Well, the NFL pays for the talent. The talent Correct. goes there, but not they can't you can't have all the talent. <laughs> so there's talent outside of that. It has to have a place to go. That is the MLS, that is the CFL. So you always, I mean, there's always guys jumping the, the border here for football is not much. You're always kind of crossing it, right? You go and now you're seeing that with the MLS. A lot of younger development systems and a lot of eyes from from big clubs and, and big managers overseas looking at the MLS as as something to be taken more seriously than it originally was. Well, thought of, and, I think. Al- and Alfonso Davies has to be probably Exhibit A in all well, of that, especially right? in this Where, whole market I mean, here. Yeah, it, you know, you say let the Whitecaps do the development, do the, the do the early work, put them in a you know fairly competitive league, and then we'll take it from here. It's a good system in that you can you can foster that homegrown talent. Something for the fans, like a Davies. I mean, he's back in town, obviously, off-season. Yeah. Rumors of a move to perhaps Real Madrid on the cards this summer, which would be, I mean, the biggest club in world football. A local guy going there in his prime. <laughs> Huge story. He's won it all at Bayern in, in a short period of time. But you have that mix of young, homegrown that you can attach to, but also maybe, hey, bringing in a guy that, you know, a, a Cosmos type of thing where yeah. you... Uh, Here's a guy from the used to watch in the Champions League, and that's fun. He's not up to it anymore. But you also got this young talent that could be, you know, announcing itself on the world stage here, and, and you're getting the first crack at it. I love the uh, combination. You're far too young to know the Cosmos effect. Eh? You do, you don't know the story like, I, fully. I mean, you know Pelé. I piece things together, and I create my own narrative. Yes. I want you to seek out the documentary on the New York Cosmos. It is, I mean, at, at one point, they were bigger than the Yankees in that city. Like, they were that sort of stratospheric, you know, in the Studio 54, unlimited cocaine, oh, yeah. all of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? And They were that big. Yeah, and I'm not going to say New York Red Bull is, is no, they're not. chipping away at the Rangers' love and lore there. But, yeah, I, I get your point. It's It's an affordable game watched by the world and now you have one of the biggest if not the biggest star on this continent i like this this is the first time that messi is actually in a competitive league well hey that's <laughs> i'm all for it somebody said oh he's choosing MLS. he's got an mls cup to go and win now dave this guy's won champions league a special world cup he needs to go get Hold that mls high. cup well you need to add to the cabinet right but no i do that that's a hell of a shot because paris saint germain psg big funded you know sports washing all of that compiled this super dream team this threesome this trio this trident of neymar messi mbappe didn't win anything won the french league i mean yeah, who cares so about winning the, they call it a farmer's league dave so 
use that when you will. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Hell of a hot take there for Messi and playing in a competitive league. I love it. In terms of fan bases that can be dismissive, I don't think anybody does dismissive better than European soccer fans, hey? Like, they look down on stuff. Um, if your league title isn't to their liking, ah, come on. West Ham United winning their first trophy in more than 30, I think, years, 80 yes. years. 30, I don't know what it was yesterday in the Conference League against Fiorentina. Um, scenes there as well. But I just, the lore of Messi and coming to the MLS, I didn't think it would be Miami. I didn't think it would be now. And I'm very, very intrigued as to what it all, like, is it is it just a tour of, like, a select six cities in the, like, you know, you can see it. L.A., New York. It's a residency. Identify the big ones. And then the rest, oh, uh, my knee. <laughs> Thigh. Like you and the hamstring is the silent killer, right? The hamstring is the silent killer. But if FC Edmonton were still a thing. And last night, it was the Canadian Championship, Vancouver v. Montreal for a spot in the CONCACAF Champions League. If FC Edmonton were still a thing, and if FC Edmonton would have won the Voyagers last night, they would have been in the Champions sure, League. Sure, they would have. And perhaps Inter-Miami would be in the Champions League as well. You Could you imagine Lionel Messi coming here? To Clark Park? Yes, I could. For a competitive yes, game? Yes, I could. I needed it. We were so close. Man. That would happen, but we couldn't play at Clark Park because that wouldn't be nearly enough. But Commonwealth wouldn't be available. There would be something. There would be some it, it, sort of quagmire. from Luke Combs. Yeah. And then it, we, yeah, they'd, I'm have, sorry. they'd end up playing in Toronto. Yes. FC Right? God bless the Eddies, eh? When are we going to talk Riverhawks and how they are 0-5? <clears throat> well, can I say this about the Riverhawks? I look, uh, uh, I look askance, if that's the word, at the record. I don't worry about their record. Never will. Never will, right? I'm going to go to my first game for the home opener. I've not been down to see. I, I didn't get into it nearly as early as you guys did last year. Um, I'm okay with them 0-5 because I don't know if the pitching is behind the hitting or what is going on there. It's it's tough to start a season when you're a team comprised of, like, you know, college, kids. college guys, mercenaries, yes. for, and, and some sure. local flavor as well mixed in, but... And you start with one, two, three. I want to count three series on the road. That's three, sure. six, nine. I, in in a league such as this, right? And and you're. It'd be one thing if you're going out to Kindersley and Fort Mac or whatever. You're, like you're kind of around. You're around, but you're way out in Washington. You're yeah, kind of come on, nobody knows they, where you're from, who you Hugh are. Wallop. And they're all playing their home openers. Their home. You know how the MLB, right? You don't play your home opener until like mid. You've you've gone through everybody else's home openers. Like you've, you've done them all. You've been the punching bag, the heavy anthem, yeah. and, the, and the flag presentation, and the whole thing. They had a slow start last year, and and again, I'm not going to get too analytical about the team, but they had a slow start last year. the The buzz developed down at Remax. They got on a bit of a run. Sure, they were flirting with playoffs near the end. Perhaps it's something like that again, but it's tough for them to start on the road like that. I don't know what the talent of the team like. I'm, I'm not going to. It matters not. I, it's a fun day out at the park. Uh, can I say this via or via a text? Hey, guys, shout out to the Riverhawks for introducing seat concession delivery this year. My only frustration from Hawks games last year was how long it took to get food and drink. There should be there or there. This is an awesome change. Again, Eric, I don't you know, I, I've been there many, many times in the park when they were the trappers and the capitals and, and all of that stuff. I don't know if that was an issue. But they're doing a lot of cool stuff down there, if I'm not mistaken. They're doing cool stuff, and I do want to think that last year maybe caught them by surprise, in a sense. A pleasant surprise yeah. in, in being the attendance and the long lines. At the, I mean, a long line at a concession, it sucks if you're in the line. 
But if you're the one making money off the line, it's it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just want to kind of ease the line and make it. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're introducing the order from your seat. Um, I know the merchandise. The shop is already populated a bit. If you go online, check out their online shop. Um, they got some cool giveaways caps this season at a few select games. Each, I think a home game from every series has got some sort of theme night attached to it. Uh, they're trying and and they're having a really fun time doing it and i'm just said you know whether it's elks river hawks stingers whatever just just lose yourself open your mind and go have a fun time enjoy you, yourself you, at a good price you threw out the pitch last year did you throw out the pitch it's last pros- year prospects a couple prospects seasons ago, a couple of years ago. down at the uh, down at remax did yeah. you work off the mound or were you on a, like a I, they off, they offered they offered you know do you want it half do you want underhand do you want to just roll it I and said I want the full you want the full Nolan, Nolan I, Ryan give me I Nolan wore Ryan. my New Balance shoes I had shorts I was ready to go and I got it over I I got it it was a strike what I got it thrown oh, no, over the plate strike zone okay. all good yeah not out here I would say maybe like a a bit of a slider type of off speed very off speed a, a little bit of a cutter very off speed hey tom gazola is on the in the bag tour again this summer he's uh, showing off the best links to hit a ball at this week tom is out at coal creek golf uh, resort and he'll be filming the course highlights the clubhouse and all the offerings for the 2023 season catch the video at tsn1260.ca and the tsn 1260 facebook page and watch for the in the bag keyword when you hear it texted to 101260 for your chance to score a course prize pack for the course featured this week which is cool creek golf resort when we come back farhan lalji from the cfl on tsn this is the nielsen show on tsn 1260 what is happening is dave jameson in for uh, dustin nielsen here on the back end of the nielsen show on this thursday dusty off to winnipeg to Give us more calls like that one. Bombers uh, opening their season, and then uh, Nielsen will be back here on Sunday, right, to do the uh, Riders or uh, Riders and Elks, correct, at yep. Commonwealth Stadium. A note: a couple of texters saying they're going to their first ever Elks game, taking their little kids. Reminder of the clear bag policy. Now you C- say, "Come on, thing. Dave, it's a city like, thing. It's a city Not thing." Okay, but I know it is an issue for fans. I get it. But I'll say it now. I'll say it, you know, when Maddie and I are going to be down at Commonwealth Stadium on Saturday morning doing a show from 11 to 1 for Fan Day. But this is, you know, whether you like it or not, and chances are you don't like it. And a lot of people have complained to me. We've complained on our show. I know they complained to the Elks. Um, but your uh, your anger, if you have that, should be directed towards the city of Edmonton on this. But understand that that policy is very likely not going to go away it's not going to change yes so seek out the information and make sure when you get to the gate you got a clear bag and you're ready to respond so you don't have to leave you know or leave your purse or knapsack or whatever it, it's all the information's out it's, there. there's it's, no it's out yeah, there so there it is but i understand how someone would get a ticket yep. gather their kids gather their stuff and head off to commonwealth stadium and not know that that policy is in place. Okay, I, I I understand on many levels why that would happen. Right, there's a lot going on, and the last thing you're thinking is, oh my God, I got to buy a ten dollar clear bag or whatever it is. But you buy that bag once, that's your game day bag, and in, in away you go. Yeah, and I listen. We we don't have time to sort of argue the the merits of all of that and whether or not it's overkill. It is what it is right now. So. I'd like to see as many people have a good game experience as possible and as many people get down to Commonwealth Stadium on Sunday. But that is the thing in place. 
Did you post a kayaking video this morning? You're getting some love here from someone munching data in Calgary en route to Austin, Texas. Mm, 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 mm. Just want to, yeah, okay. What, what is this now? I got to... Uh... Thank you for posting that kayak. Uh, that was on video. Instagram, yeah, and I, oh. I will not, uh, yeah, <laughs> if you know, you know, we'll just leave it at that. Okay. But, uh, no, it, it's, yeah, the clear bag. They also have working fire alarms as a, as a rule at Commonwealth where the fire alarms will be working like they're they're up to date. It's it's all, it's all, these are just, it's modern day stuff. And, yes. and again, if you, we've, we've told you now, and if you go there, and, oh, sorry, sir, you, ma'am, okay, here's the clear bag, and, and then away you go. Now, like, I, I got friends, I go to games. Regina here, you get that one. It's your game day clear bag. Make it your own then, and then and then yeah. away you go. You don't have to buy ten each and every game. No, a trainer Mark says you know clear bag is for whiny people. It's not a big deal. It's time to grow up. I I I that I appreciate the idea and, of it. And, yes, and yeah, yeah. yeah. we and, all get and, it. And once you make it part of your game day experience, whatever you know, and your kit as you get ready to go off to the stadium, you know it's it's. You know, people and are going to bitch and complain and about it when they... You can't smoke in the stands either. There's no... Correct. You have to. There are... God, when I think of where we've come from... <laughs> this isn't the days when you were going to football no, games there, Dave. Well, and when I worked there, uh, and I've told this story on my show, where a guy showed up with a hibachi, sure. and they let him in, and you see this plume of smoke in the upper deck. What could go wrong? And you think, God, what is going on? There's like, what's happened? And the guy's grilling up, you know, brats or whatever it was. Very happy. No issue at all. Not far from the guy who brought in the Irish setter. Just because. And it wasn't a dog at the park night. These stories of bringing in coolers, duffel bags. Oh, <laughs> jeez. But again, nothing bad happened from those episodes, right? No. I mean, that, was, that, would, that would lead to, to making a clear bag policy. But there but... was a certain charm. Sure. In in that day, uh, we are not there anymore. No. Uh, but there you have it. By the way, just a, a a fresh bit of factoid or a factoid that is fresh. Uh, Inter Miami now has four point two million Instagram followers. That is more than uh, any NFL team. Any I think it's MLB more than team. our station Instagram account too. I think at any NHL team or any MLS team. That is in twenty four hours. That has happened. 4.2 million Instagram followers. Like, that is a staggering impact. And what are the tickets going? Like, it's not well, a It's a big, global, it's, yeah, it's a global impact. Here. Well, That's sure. kind of what you're seeing. Yeah. I know we did Man. a few messages on the NHL MLS comparison, but. Again, you may not like it and you may not agree with it. And you may not want it, but it's just kind of how it's going. I mean, I've always maintained and I know. <laughs> You know, if you had a northern hemisphere, uh, you know, if you're jetting across the Atlantic to play games in, in Finland or, or Latvia or whatever it is, and then you're coming back and playing a game, you know, the next night in North Dakota or something. But, you know, just just a, a northern hemisphere. You want to grow the game globally, which I'm sure the NHL does in some form. And they've tried. Yeah, but we're not, going, they... we're not going to Rio, you know, and that's no. like, and you, you won't and you can't. And, and I get the, the development in the southern states. And, yeah, it's, it's, there's a niche for it there, I think, but. You know, constructing rinks in hot climates is just—it's a cost, costs a lot of money, and and I'm all for growing the game globally. But I think when you take it seriously and look at markets where it could exist and thrive, it's probably above that equator. A text to that effect: Hey guys, comparing the NHL to MLS in popularity is not fair for hockey. Sports viewership is largely based on participation. I get that some fans watch though they never played, 
a large number of fans who uh, who played, hence why you see on average higher ratings for the NHL in the northern states. Sure. It's easier to build a diamond or a football field uh, or pitch versus building an artificial rink. Mm-hmm. Another factor is immigration. There could be a day, let's say 20 years, where cricket in Canada is more popular, as popular as soccer due to the new countrymen creating that influence. Well, have you been down to the River Valley on a, on a choice weekend here or there? I mean, that's you're, you're right. I mean, that, and totally agree with that text, but and that's fine. I'm not saying you can't enjoy hockey anymore. I'm just saying it's... Look again, Vegas and Florida, Stanley Cup final. Sure. And we get texts every morning. I don't care. Who cares? Yes. Well, Gary Bettman cares. The NHL cares. The 32 owners care. And and this market being one of them, so you you have to care. But I, I think fans here of the Oilers would be much more in tune to two teams going at it in a cup final that are maybe a little closer to the area or even abroad. And at the end of the day, does the NHL care if Canada's headed out to the cabin right now? Really, at the end of the, at the, end of the day, I mean... What does a fully engaged Canada do for the bottom line of Canada or for the well, NHL in the postseason? That's already there. They, they know that exists. It's that's, trying to get that Southern States viewership. Yeah. I'm just saying that's now with, with Messi coming into Miami, that's kind of a, it, it's a front to that expansion. Yes. And we'll see what happens. We'll see what the pivot is and what the next move is. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, Farin Lalji is going to join us here. We uh, are going to dive into the CFL opening week of the regular season. Big plans out in Vancouver. They got LL Cool J, I think, is doing the pregame concert, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they are opening up. See, the, the the story out of Vancouver is that people are lapping up tickets out there. So that is very cool. Um, and there's some other great stories, and there, as there always is uh, around opening week in the Canadian Football League. Uh, but uh, you know, and as and we we say this with no sense of, of overstatement how important this game is here for the Edmonton Elks to get off on the right foot, which means a win here at home, and lay the groundwork for not just on the football side returning. And they, they were getting there last year. This was a team that was not always, you know, it, it started out poorly, but you could see them emerging. Can they build off that? Joining us now from the CFL on TSN, our friend Farhan Lawsley. Farhan, Great to have you on here. Um, let's start here in Edmonton with, with the last game we're going to see in week one. And we've been talking about this in the in the time I've been on the Nielsen show this morning about just how you know big a game this is for the Elks as a business, but as a football team, you know, to, to, to build off what they were headed towards at the back end of last season. Yeah, it's, it is big. And we're looking at both of these teams. Uh, to finish up the weekend, and they both have a lot of expectations, right? I mean, in Saskatchewan, obviously, a lot of eyes are on them. There's a lot of pressure coming off of last season, and uh, certainly in Edmonton, looking for that first elusive home win since uh, 2019 uh, in October. That This is a big deal, right? And when I look at this Elks team, I think they have the ability to have the biggest turnaround in the league this year. I think there's a tremendous amount of improvement there on the offensive side of the ball in terms of talent acquisition and and now player readiness. And on the defensive side of the ball, I just think that's where you're going to see the fruits of Chris Jones' labor pay off, right? Like they dealt with a lot of growing pains uh, in terms of trying to find their mix, and now I think they're in position to benefit from that this year. you know. And and I look at the lines as an example on the defensive side of the ball, Mm -hmm. and – 
Uh, you know, certainly Chris Jones is, is more of a guru and a, an established, experienced guy. But Chris Jones in his second year with the team is always so much better. And I look at BC a couple years ago, first year under Rick Campbell, they had five wins. In the second year, they had 13 wins. And I think Edmonton is, is primed for a big turnaround like that because offensively, um, you know, I, just Kevin Brown, Dylan Mitchell, the additions of guys like Lewis and Dunbar – and Cornelius was what he's done in the offseason and now in his third year is ready for a huge breakthrough. And defensively, I, I just think the, the work and, and the beating they took from time to time is going to pay off this year. Uh, when you saw Taylor Cornelius through the arc of last season, Farhan, I, where I noticed it most was in his somewhat surprising ability to run effectively. Like I, I the, the arm it was evident from really the first time he walked on a field, but what I what I saw emerge was a guy that was surprisingly mobile. Do you think that they will, despite you know Lewis and Dunbar and Dylan Mitchell, they're going to allow Cornelius to 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 get outside and 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 take it with his legs? Yeah, you know, and honestly, Dave, I'm not. I wasn't surprised, and I nope. say that because that was part of his resume coming into this league. That even for a guy six foot five, he could take off and run. But here's the difference, right? When you get comfortable with the game, you can run with purpose and not run with panic. And his first year when he came in here, he was just panicking, right? And there was just so much in front of him that by the time he decided to run, it was too late. Yeah. And last year, you saw by the end of the year, there was some confidence with the people around him that he could then run with purpose. And I think you'll see that, right? And, and coupled with some of the work he did in the offseason, he was a number of one of a number of CFL quarterbacks, including – uh, you know, Trevor Harris and uh, a few others that wound up going up to Vancouver this year to spend some time with Rob Williams, who was Nathan Rourke's, uh, you know, private quarterback coach, and was really able to kind of alter some techniques and settle his feet down when he's in the pocket. So he's not reaching and overstriding and, and just kind of finding some efficiency with his mechanics. And that, in the end, will buy you an extra half second because you don't need as much time to step into the ball and throw. So all of those things will we'll just lead to a calmer player. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just think uh, we are going to see the best in, uh, of Taylor Cornelius. And I just went through an exercise of, of top five quarterbacks in the league this year, which I'm going to talk about in our pregame show. And I got Taylor Cornelius in them, and it, in, in that list. And it's not just top five quarterbacks based on true talent, but top five quarterbacks based on talent and situation around them. And I just think the, the time is right for – Taylor and I give the Elks a lot of credit and this includes kind of the last regime as well because they brought him in here right yeah but then the next year Chris Jones could have just said he's not my guy get him out of here but he didn't say that and he kind of had a legitimate quarterback battle through training camp which Nick Arbuckle won and Trey Ford finished second but he didn't get rid of Cornelius at that point he saw the talent kept him around can continue to develop and eventually by the end of the year it became his job and because he saw the talent and wasn't afraid to develop them and take the body blows for doing so. And and I think you'll see the rewards of that this year. Uh, Trevor Harris is a known commodity. His game is baked in. You know what you're going to get from what you've seen of Saskatchewan. Have they built to his strengths? Um, and does he have enough to play with on the outside? I don't think so. I, I truly yeah. don't. I, I just don't know that there's an like, – let, let me say this. I think Trevor Harris is an upgraded quarterback for Saskatchewan, and I think Trevor is going to be Trevor Harris, right? And that's a guy that's just consistent. He's got the CFL's regular season completion percentage record uh, for, for active players, and I think Trevor Harris is a good quarterback, and I think he'll be better there, but I, I'm not sure 
that they've surrounded him with enough pieces, right? So the offensive line right now, it's the beginning of the year. There's no injuries. and there's a, there's a hope, right? And they've looked good in camp, and they look good in the preseason when they played together. Um, you know, Jamal Morrow is going to be important for uh, Trevor to lean on. But when I look at the receiving core, without Kean Schaefer Baker, I'm worried, right? Like, yeah. I just think that they're, they haven't improved enough in that area. And not everybody can do what Edmonton did. But, um, you know, are there enough weapons? Can those guys get enough separation for Trevor Harris to, you know, to be the best version of himself? Uh, the game tonight, Calgary uh, is at home to the BC Lions and two teams entering, you know, and, and unless Nathan Rourke appears later this year, they're entering new eras or interludes mm-hmm. with their quarterbacks. And you've got Vernon Adams Jr. out there in BC with Dane Evans, which is a really, really, you know, I would suggest a very reliable quarterback duo. And then you've got Jake Mayer, the clearly defined number one for the first time in Calgary. Um who whose offense will change the most? I mean, Mayer, you know, is has been there, knows this, uh, is comfortable in this offense. Vernon Adams was there for a bit last year, and Dane Evans is new. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think either offense will change significantly. Um, you know, I do think you'll probably see a little more movement in the Lions' offensive design to take advantage of what Vernon does best. And I just love how decisive he's been uh, through camp and in that first preseason game where, where he was perfect, right? Yes. Um, so, you know, I look at Calgary, and I just think they're going to lean on Kadeem Carey a lot during the early part of the season. It's not a criticism of Mayer, who I think is going to be very good, but um, they've got some injuries along that offensive line, right? Like you've got two, uh, you know, for sure starters that aren't going to be playing uh, in uh, Zach Williams and uh, in Coker, Josh Coker, so I think while you do that, you got to lean on the best running back in the league. And I got big concerns in Montreal, probably the biggest of any team in the league. And so William Stanback, you better lean on him a ton because outside of Keon Julian Grant, I'm just not sure what I'm seeing there, especially with the injuries they've got to open the season, right? Because Ellington's not going to play early on here. Uh, Phil Potts out for a couple weeks. So, um, they're banged up. So in week one, even though Arbuckle's playing and Masoli's not, I'm going to pick Ottawa to win that game, right? I, I think he, you know, I, I like what I've seen from Arbuckle. I think he's another quarterback that's going to improve a lot this year. And right. um, I, I, I just think they're more poised for early season success. Of all the wait and see teams for me, I, Montreal's the biggest one right now. Uh, I very much want to see uh, what. Um, what Fajardo is going to look like with this group of receivers. Uh, Sean Burke, I thought, did some good work both in free agency and the draft, uh, but it is a blow not to have Mazzoli ready for uh, but like a couple of games. Uh, that's what we're hearing. Um, yeah, but two games, yeah. Two games. But yeah. you know what? Like, yeah. he, Here's where they improved the most, and they got a bit of a lottery ticket with Drew Desjardins wanting to come back and be there. Yeah. Right? And uh, that's like just a, that's a free poker chip with an elite top five offensive lineman in this league that you can plug and play into your starting lineup. And they improved in some they did. They, you know, you're, you're right. They made some good decisions at a number of positions and not splash, not huge superstar additions, but additions that will just raise their entire bottom line. And I think Arbuckle will be better than he was a year ago uh, if he's got to play in these first two games. So I, I'm more comfortable with that situation than some of the others. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, quarterback play has got to be key for them, and they need to get Masoli back sooner than later. Uh, great stuff, as always. We'll do this frequently throughout the year. Let's go get it. Let's do it. It's June. Let's have it tonight. 
All right, uh, Farhan Lalji joining us there from the CFL on TSN. We'll step out here. Dave Jamison in for Dustin Nielsen. The Nielsen Show, TSN 1260. Nine fifty-three, Nielsen Show, TSN twelve sixty. That uh, song, final countdown, tells me we got to get out of here and do some house cleaning. You got to get out. You got hey. tides coming in, right? He's Tide, tides coming in, and you've also got tide is up against Bruce Boutreau, right? In the in correct this, in in this bracket, correct. Dustin locked the door to the voting room. I can't see any of the machines right now. Okay, they're buzzing. They're making lots of noise, but I can't get into the results. I would assume that Bruce Boudreau will have a lead here, and I think. Coming back, we'll return yeah. Monday. The search for the sire takes a pause tomorrow. Tom Gazzola in the host chair. Oh right, yes. we'll Tom return Monday. Yeah, we'll return Monday with today's results plus set up the next matchup in the in the tournament. Uh, Showbiz Beer of the Week tomorrow too, correct? Absolutely. Eight forty-five. Okay. We got Jerry Haraxi from Spirit of Edmonton joining us at nine oh, ten yeah. to set up the festivities uh, happening this Sunday and yeah. throughout the season uh, down at Elks home games. And uh, perhaps a little surprise as well at around 7.45. Uh, uh, I'm winking my eye right Wink, now. wink, 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 wink. All right, we got to get out of here. Uh, thank Eric Macromella and our friend Farhan Lalji. Who else do we need to thank? Because I was I was up early, but oh, I wasn't up that early. TSN's Darren Dreger, oh, of course, yes. and the one Ryan Rashog for the morning mandate as yeah. well this morning, brought to you by Doug's Place. Awesome. Well, it was great doing a little mop-up duty. We'll do this again during the summer, hey? I Where wasn't Alec Manoa and getting a couple of innings before the, the pull. Came in off the back end just to kind of get us out of nine innings. So your, right. your show is the Florida Complex League, right? Is yes. It? Yes, it is. All right. Our thanks to Lieutenant Eric and to you guys as always. Uh, stick around. Low Tide and I up next. James Duffy will be along at 11 o'clock. And Paul Sir, we're all over the place today. Have yourselves a very good day.